The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. All right. Well, we've all had to adapt over the past six weeks as we deal with this new reality that we're living in. And by the text line, I can tell and I know that some of you hate every minute of it. You think that it's a bunch of BS. You think that we shouldn't be doing it, that, that uh, you know, we're all a bunch of sheeple. I get that. You can stop texting me. <laughs> but there's millions of people out there who are following the rules and the regulations that have been put in place by the medical experts. And, um, yeah. Thanks for doing that, because we are flattening the curve, and that is something that we need to do. Uh, working from home, homeschooling, staying home, and following the rules, well, that's what we're trying to do. Our next guest has been adjusting on the fly uh, as well, as her work puts her on the front line in the hospital, and then having to be exceptionally careful when she comes home because of a child who is immune uh, immunocompromised but thanks to some help from some great local businesses she and her family are managing christine fedoric is a nurse in saint elbert christine joins us now hi christine hi good afternoon how you doing how are things how are you holding up well today is the first day that uh, i've been able to cuddle or hold my uh, kids here in 14 days so today's a great day um, I return back to the front lines tomorrow afternoon, and so uh, I was able to do my 10 days of isolation and, and spend one afternoon here and one night with my children, so I'm quite grateful. Okay, so back it up for us here. I mean, um, let's see, you, know, you work um, at the Sturgeon Hospital in, uh, in acute care. Um, Correct. Tell us, wh- tell us what has happened. Um, did you think that you had COVID or were you ex- exposed? What was going on? Well, no, um, back in uh, early March, I had four shifts and unfortunately we did have a COVID positive patient and uh, we just didn't have the protocols put into place at that time due to we just we were prepared but we weren't prepared and Mm -hmm. um, we're doing a lot more testing and everything now but back in early March that just wasn't the case and um, so after my uh, four-day shift and realizing what was kind of coming our way I knew right away that I needed to contact my son's pediatrician and and get some information about what I should be doing for him um he had 64 surgeries and procedures he was a preemie and um you know he's had half a lung removed and he's still immunocompromised but he looks and and acts like a regular 15 year old (laughs) child so um you know contacting his pediatrician they advised that you know me being on the front lines and and we don't know what the proper protection is or what we need to be doing that it was advised that I self-isolate from him when I'm on the front lines and uh, so we shipped my kids off to Caroline to my sisters um, because we weren't sure when I was going to be called back to work I was lucky enough that I had some vacation days and uh, to get things figured out and but we knew we needed my son close to his pediatrician and close to the stallery. And so we got on the phone and started calling all of the RV companies and trying to find a way for me to be able to be close to home without being in the house. And uh, we offered to pay and uh, Go RV was just so 
so amazing and and really stepped up to the plate for us. <laughs> okay, wow, there's a lot there. So let's back it up just a little bit. Now, did I hear that you were living in a hotel for a little while as well? Yes. Um, when I first came home, I had to return back to work on April 8th, and uh, we just it was too cold still outside to be living in a trailer. <laughs> and so the St. Albert Inn here uh, stepped up, and they gave me a huge discounted rate to be able to stay there for a full month I just I didn't end up needing it for a month because the weather finally warmed up so <laughs> so yeah. now you are living in your in an RV yeah to protect your children to protect your family correct yep so I stay in the RV and you know I do my showers and my cooking I, I live in the RV but it's in my actual driveway and so we have it all taped off with the six meters and uh, or the two meters and you know then that way the kids can still have dinner with me when it's nice outside but we're still doing our social distancing and that way i can still be a parent to some extent and i can still interact with them without touching them or or without being close to them i mean still a challenge but um it's nice to have that that ability to do it this way isn't it absolutely the last 14 days were definitely uh, very very long days of not being able to be there for my children um but once i moved into the trailer here it definitely uplifted our spirits you know they can come outside and and phone me and i can meet them right outside the door um, yeah, it's just, it's been a blessing in disguise in many ways. Um, how's your son holding up through all of this? He's doing really, really good. We're really fortunate that he's healthy right now. Um, this is usually a pretty bad time of year for him anyway, just because of the snow mold and allergies. Mm -hmm. And he usually catches croup at this time of year. Um, and we've been fortunate so far that he hasn't caught in anything. So we're just keeping our fingers crossed. And, you know, I've got two boys and, and they're both doing, um, you know, onla online learning and they're doing fantastic with it. And I've been really proud of them for um, just how well they've stood up to the challenge and, and they're not fighting us on, you know, not being able to go out with their friends or <laughs> not being able to hug other family members or, you know, we're a pretty touchy-feely family. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely been a challenge, but they've definitely, everybody has stepped up to the plate. I mean, Christine, I guess that's something that you always have had to have on your mind with being a nurse in intensive care, um, you know, with with your son being immunocompromised, there's, there's got to have been a seat always in the back of your head to be extra cautious. Correct. So, yeah, you know, the minute I come home from work, I've got an area where I take those clothes right off and they go straight down into, you know, right into the wash. And I've always been a little bit of a germaphobe anyway. So, you know, <laughs> that being in the field kind of helps that along a little bit. And now with this, it just you know, it gets put into practice a little bit more, definitely. It's it's a good reminder. Um, but, yeah, we've always been very careful with him anyway. So yeah. that part of it hasn't changed very much. Just the fact that, yeah, I definitely have to social distance from him for this one. Okay. 
Can you give us an idea what it's like, uh, what it has been like in the hospital just dealing with this, with uh, with everything, how it's changed over the past two months? Yeah, I mean, we always have to be careful, you know, with the Privacy Act and the HIP Act, um, but it's been, it's been heartbreaking and it's a very eerie feeling, you know. Um, lots of nurses, including myself, we, we're used to busy hallways, we're used to doctors and, and all of the staff walking around and all of the visitors and the patients and now you go into work and you're screened right at the door and you walk through and it's straight to your unit you're not stopping to have any of those friendly conversations that you usually have um, we've been lucky we're not overwhelmed at this point we do have positive patients um, we have a lot of palliative patients and so that one I think has actually been the hardest because families aren't allowed to come visit um, and so that's put a lot of extra, not only work, but, but emotions attached to it as well, because, you know, we're wanting to give them that extra care that their families aren't able to provide for them. And so when we're there and, and we're having to tell the families that they can't come visit or that a family member isn't doing well, you know, that takes a toll on on its own and it's hard when you're constantly in a mask you don't get to see people's faces or their smiles or you know it's it's um it's a definitely an eerie feeling in the hospital but we're just so grateful for the our teammates and, and our co-workers for helping us get through this we're definitely like a family and yeah I have I have a good where I have where, where we are. Christina, you touched on something that I did want to ask you about because I actually had a text from one of my listeners a little bit earlier about, um, you know, he'd heard from a friend whose father was dying and, uh, you know, only I think that the wife was allowed to go in for one visit. They weren't allowed to go in to visit. Exactly what you touched on, on the, the limitations of, 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 of visitors and, you know, in, in, in the palliative care thing. And I think that's got to be, well, incredibly hard for, you know, uh, the patient. It's incredibly hard for the family, incredibly hard for you but I, I remember very clearly when my father-in-law passed away a few years back is that oftentimes family becomes an advocate for for the patient in hospital as well you know maybe because we know them a little bit better we can read them a little bit better we can understand what they're saying a little bit better Absolutely. And, and, it, and it and it hurts my heart to think that that's not happening right now and and you touched on that but that's that's real life isn't it what that's what's going on it is um but I'm grateful to say that the team of nurses that I work with, I mean, I can't, I'd love to say it for all places, but I can't. But I do know that where we're working, it's us nurses who are doing that advocating. And those doctors really are listening um, and advocating for their patients as well and, and, and going above and beyond of what we usually even do. Um, and that's where the phone comes in. You know, families get you know scared that they're bombarding us with phone calls or well that's that's not the case i mean those phone calls mean everything for us because we can try to get you know it onto speakers so the family members can talk with with the patients and we're able to ask questions you know what kind of food do they like is there a certain preference of a side they like to sleep on is you know what time do they usually go to bed these are all questions that you know we do usually ask but even more now so because that's information that we're just not getting that we usually do with the face-to-face -face contact so you know those family members you know they keep calling in and keep giving us all of those little tidbits about your family members because it makes 
all of the difference for our job and for our patients. What's being put in place or what is in place, uh, Christine, to to help with with um, the employees, like the nurses and the staff's mental health going through all of this? Um, yeah, you know what? We've got it pretty good on that side of it as well. We do have a lot of um, support and, and our manager's doors are open at all times. Um, they've been great for being able to pop in even with all of their meetings. They're getting updates constantly as well. We do have our own hotlines and with our own benefits um, and, and our unions have been fantastic as well setting up resources for us. Okay. And I find online we're supporting each other a lot. We have a lot of nursing and health professional groups um, and chats um, and that's okay. a huge resource for us because we can kind of see what's coming down the line or what other issues other nurses are facing or what kind of solutions they're coming up with and then we're able to bring that to our managers um, so I just find that the communication actually right now seems to be um, better than it used to be because we're having no choice but to reach out to find solutions. Yeah, maybe some good things coming out of something bad. What do you what do you say before I let you go, Christine? What do you say to folks who who aren't following the rules or think um, that this is a bunch of BS or just think that we need to get on with with life and uh, don't worry about it and what will be will be? Yeah, um, those ones I just uh, sometimes I want to bang my head against a brick wall or scream or you know that they make us health professionals cry because you know we are seeing it front lines and and while we've been lucky here to not be overwhelmed yet we are still dealing with the effects of it and um, this isn't something that we would be doing just just for the sake of it or for conspiracy theory or (laughs) you know I've never in my life been away from my children for this long and you know even just coming into the house today for the first time in 14 days was heart-wrenching and heartwarming and humbling and it's it's a huge roller coaster ride and I would not be isolating from my children if if I didn't think that this was serious. Uh, Christine, before I let you go again, just want I think it's important to just do a shout out uh, for those couple of local businesses who who are struggling right now, but who stepped up and said, "Hey, we'll help you out." I mean, St. Albert Inn and Go Auto RV. I mean, um, what they what they allowed you to do was really potentially um, well was keeping your family safe, and I'm I'm not sure that that could ever be repaid. Absolutely not. Yeah, the, the the amount of, and it wasn't just those two. I mean, huge shout out to those two. And, and I have, you know, I'll never be able to repay them for what they've provided for me and my family. Um, but I do want to say that there were many companies that did reach out and we sent them to the union's way so that way other nurses could access them. Um, so the amount of responses um, and companies stepping up has just been beyond heartwarming and I'm really proud to be a part of this community. Uh, Christine, thank you for the work that you're doing uh, at the hospital and thank you for sharing your story this afternoon. Um, continued um, staying safe and uh, I hope to catch up with you on the other side of all of this. Thank you and you as well. All right, take care now. That's Christine Fedork, who is a St. Albert nurse who's living in her driveway right now in an RV to protect her family. One of her sons, immunocompromised, has had 64 surgeries in his lifetime. He's 15 years old. Uh, She checked in from St. Albert this afternoon.